Hi, ladies. My name is Cammie Huffman, and today I have the privilege of sharing with you on the topic of fostering. I recently went to my first NASCAR race. Now, if you know me, you know that's not a typical weekend for me. But the thing is, my kids, especially my daughter, love race cars. I mean, she sleeps with two Lightning McQueen stuffies, she has race cars on her nightstand, and when she goes to bed at night, she has me pray that she would dream about race cars. So when we were invited to watch a professional race, you better believe we went. And it was one of those experiences I'll never forget because my kids were so excited. They were having, and I quote, the best day ever. And it was written all over their faces, the smiles, the giggles. It really was the best day ever. But can I tell you why it was the best day? It's because my kids love racing and I just love my kids. So the things that have become a passion in their tiny hearts have become a passion in my heart. If it's important to them, it's important to me. And that is how my journey into foster care began. Not at a racetrack, but with the Lord calling me into fostering because these kids in foster care are important to Him. Now let me start by saying I'm certainly not an authority on fostering, and I really don't have it all figured out. I'm just here to share my story of God's faithfulness as He called us to become foster parents. And for us, it all started with a tug on my heart, then confirmed in His Word, followed by waiting for His timing, all the while finding He would be with us every step of the way. We have a saying in our house, I'm sure you've heard it, God writes the best stories. And our family's story of foster care began on a Sunday like any other. My husband and I were sitting in church when a lady from a foster care agency came to talk about the need for foster parents right here in Orange County. And I remember as she was speaking, the Holy Spirit was getting my attention. Suddenly, my heart was breaking. I felt such a connection to the kids she was talking about. And I thought, yes, foster care, that's what I want to do. And my husband felt the same way. So we prayed and we sought the Lord about becoming foster parents. And the Lord said a very clear, wait. Well, the next year she came back to speak at our church. So we prayed again. And again, the Lord clearly said, wait. (laughs) This happened a few times. So we finally said, okay, Lord, we don't understand this, but we know that you are good, that you love these kids in foster care. And clearly you are starting something in our hearts. So we will just wait and trust you in the timing. Can I just say when God calls you to wait, He has a purpose to the waiting. We may not see it, and it might hurt a little, but we can trust God's good plan. Because like Jonah, waiting inside the whale, the whole time the whale was moving, God was working behind the scenes, orchestrating His perfect plan. And I didn't know it yet, but that's what God was doing in our lives. So what did we do while we waited? Well, we knew that God was calling us to adoption in some way, so we were just waiting for the green light from the Lord. But believe me, while we waited, we continued to ask and seek and knock. We were like kids on a road trip, constantly asking, are we there yet? Only we asked, is it time yet? And as we did, can I tell you, it's true what Lamentations 3.25 says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. He wasn't ignoring our calls or our prayers. He was growing our faith, preparing us for what was ahead. Then a few years later, something happened that totally took me by surprise. I was on a work trip, and I met the owners of a small company that just so happened to be there that day. They flew into the showroom for one day, and as I shopped their line, they started to tell me the story of how they adopted their children. They shared how one Sunday their pastor was talking about adoption and the call to take in and love these kids. And there I was in tears with these total strangers. 
God was moving again, and the Holy Spirit was tugging on my heart. So my husband and I prayed, and we sought the Lord again. And this time, it seemed like every time I opened my Bible, verses on adoption were jumping out at us, verses we had never read before. And then, everywhere I turned, it was a story on fostering or adoption. It was like I was surrounded by it. There were Bible studies on foster adoption on the radio and TV shows we were seeing on fostering, movies on adoption. I even had a lady I barely knew at the time come into my work and share how she was adopted. Through tears, she shared how faithful God was in her story. Mind you, she had no clue we were praying about this. And then we studied Esther at church. We learned about God's hand of providence in this young girl's life. We learned about Mordecai, who adopted Esther, taking care of her as his own, how he dedicated his life to watching over her. Then as we continued to seek the Lord's timing, Kathy shared on Esther, and she spoke on choosing courage over comfort, being brave enough to answer the call that God had placed on our life. She went on to mention the needs all around us, where we live, and then she specifically mentioned foster care and the great need for Christian parents to take in these kids in our own county. Ladies, God was moving. And so with all these verses and confirmations the Lord was giving me, I asked the Lord, okay, Lord, if it's really time, would you please just send someone directly to us to talk about foster care? I know this was an I believe, but help my unbelief moment. But can I just say, I'm so grateful we serve a God that is so patient and gracious with us. A few days later, we went to the fervent prayer event here at the church. And after the prayer meeting, as we were getting ready to leave, someone I barely knew at the time approached me and said, I know I barely know your story, but I was just wondering, have you ever considered becoming a foster parent? God was answering our prayers, and clearly it was time. Can I tell you why this was important? Foster care is a calling, and although it's beautiful, rewarding, and really amazing, like anything, it can also be messy, complicated, exhausting, and at times, just really hard, heart-wrenching hard, but it is so worth it. And thankfully, since the Lord made it so obvious, we knew that we knew that God was calling us to foster care. If you become a foster parent, there might be times when you think to yourself, I can't do this. It just hurts too much. But if you know that God has called you, then you also know he will equip you for this ministry on the best days and on the hard days. We say yes, not because we are capable or qualified, but because he is able and he is faithful. And so we can jump into the unknown because we serve an all-knowing God. And he promises, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And he is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So with all these confirmations, I was learning very early on in our foster care journey that God would be with me every step of the way. So, in fear and trepidation, we stepped out. We were so excited it was finally time, but also, I was really nervous, too. And that's okay. If God is calling you to become a foster parent, it's okay to go into this a little nervous. I mean, in my case, I'd never been a parent. I'd been married for almost 20 years, just my hubby and I. This was going to be an adjustment, and I didn't even know where to start. But God, being the good father that he is, gave me two things to hold on to. First off, he gave me a verse. It was Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then he gave us direction. Just do the next step. That was such a comfort to me. I didn't need to figure this out all at once. I just needed to do the first step to become a foster parent, and then the next step, and so on. 
I know it can seem daunting as you start this process. Can I just encourage you, whatever God is calling you to do, just do the next step. And sometimes the next step might just look like a step of faith. One of my favorite accounts in scripture gives us a great example of this. It's found in Joshua 3. You see, the people of Israel were camped out by the rushing Jordan River. Now, at this time of the year, the river was completely overflowing, and it was standing between them and the land that God had promised them. And it was daunting. Now, a couple of spies passing through this river, not a huge deal, but now we are talking about a nation of people that were following Joshua's lead with their possessions. So what did Joshua do? He sent the priests with the Ark of the Covenant, which was the visible representation of God's presence with the people to go ahead of them to lead the way. Why? Because our human nature looks at the obstacles, the rushing Jordan before us and says, there's no way I can get through that and doubt can set in. But Joshua knew as long as the ark went before them, the presence of the Lord with them, leading them, their eyes firmly fixed upon him, they were going to get through just fine. So what did they do? They sent the ark with some 1,000 yards between the ark and the people, first out of respect, but also so everyone in the camp would have a clear view of the ark going before them. Because as Joshua said, you haven't traveled this way before. It was new ground. It was new territory. It was, again, daunting. And so with their eyes firmly fixed on the Lord, he told the priest carrying the ark to step into the water. This was a step of faith. They were to take that first step before the waters had dried up. Oftentimes, we want to see the Jordan River in our life dry up before we take that first step. But sometimes the Lord is calling us to step out in faith, asking, will you trust me in this? but there's much grace to be found when we step out. Verse 15 of Joshua 3 tells us, As soon as the priests carrying the ark stepped in, they dipped their foot into the water's edge. The Lord miraculously stopped the flow of the Jordan River, and the Lord dried up the river before them so completely that they crossed over on dry ground so they could take the next step and the next step after that. And that's all you have to do. If the Lord is calling you to foster care, keep your eyes firmly fixed on Him and just take that first step. The Lord will lead you through every step of the way. His presence will go with you, and you will find grace for the journey, I promise. So I took the next step, and the following day I called a licensed foster care agency in our area, and we started the lengthy process of all the paperwork. Then we completed all the required training, which meant meeting once a month at our agency and watching a video on trauma-informed care. It was so heart-wrenching hearing how trauma, abuse, and neglect affects the brain, but it was so helpful to learn how to provide the connection and love and environment that these precious kids needed. Then we became CPR certified. We completed the interviews, the evaluations. We completed the home inspection. We did all of the requirements just one step at a time, and the Lord strengthened us each step of the way. Looking back, I'm so thankful for this training. It was really eye-opening. It was there I learned foster care is a ministry to the biological parent, as well as the foster kids you are taking in. It's a call to esteem others as better than yourself. You are caring for and loving their child, and it's a gift you are giving to this birth parent in the hopes that they are able to get the help they need if this family is able to be reunited and whole again. I learned that these kids have left everything that's familiar to them, their home, their family, many times even their school and friends, and they come to you with just a few belongings. And our part is to give them a place to feel safe, sometimes for the first time in their life. 
a place to feel loved, to care for them, to pray for them, to give them a sense of stability, investing in them for however long they are in our home, and to tell them, you matter to God, and He loves you. Knowing years from now, they may not remember me, they may not remember my home, but hopefully they will remember that there is a God in heaven that loves them and has a plan for their life. And I learned about the hard love that is required in fostering, how most of the decisions are out of our control. In the beginning, you really never know if they will be with you for months, years, or a lifetime through adoption. And as we were getting licensed, the Lord gave me a really special gift— a foster mom that had gone before me, actually the same person that approached me at Fervent. She really mentored me. She walked me through the paperwork, answered all of my questions. If you have friends that have done foster care, talk to them about this desire God has placed in your heart. It's so helpful. And I'm here. I'm happy to answer any questions I can. And of course, I'd love to pray for you. And then a few months after we started the process, we were officially licensed and had our first placement come into our home. And it was twins. Can I tell you, they had us at hello. We loved these babies the second we laid our eyes on them. It was instant. It was like God had been knitting our hearts to theirs all those years. And I know I might be biased, but the Lord sent us the most amazing kids. And also overnight, a whole new world opened up to us. We had monthly social worker visits. We had therapy for the babies. Because we went through an agency, we had an FFA or a foster family advocate that came to our home twice a month. There were visits with the bio parent, a regional center representative making periodical visits to our home, the children's attorney visited, there were doctor visits, and then there were court dates. Like I mentioned before, it was messy, exhausting, it was challenging, but it was also amazing and such a privilege. And the Lord was so faithful to carry us through all of it. We leaned on Joshua 1.9 a lot. We reminded ourselves that he called us to this. And like 1 Thessalonians 5.24 tells us, the one calling you is faithful and he will do it. And he did. We reminded ourselves that we couldn't do this without total dependency on him. Our love has limits, but God's love is limitless. He is love and the God of restoration that would bring healing to these kids. And we reminded ourselves that this was ministry and ministry is all about meeting the needs of someone else in the name of Jesus, expecting nothing in return. Days I really had to remind myself this, court dates. Honestly, court days were just tough. It was a day you were reminded you really had zero control over what would happen. Days you remembered being a foster parent wasn't about you. So for me, I worshipped through the worry of those days. I was home with my babies. You're typically not allowed inside the courtroom. And so I knew I needed to fill my house with worship to keep my mind on things above versus the what ifs. But can I tell you, every time as the worship filled the walls of my home, it also filled the walls of my heart and my mind and the chains of worry and fear fell off as I was reminded, God, you are good. You are just, you are sovereign and you are still on the throne and you have the final say in their lives. And I was reminded you are a good, good father to me and to them and you will never let us down. Ladies, God really does inhabit the praises of his people. I felt the comfort and peace of my Heavenly Father by my side. Then on one of those court dates, I got an unexpected call from our social worker and learned we were going forward with adoption. And nine months later, we stood in an empty courtroom. Because of COVID, it was just the judge, the attorneys, and a few court officials. It wasn't like I pictured our kids' adoption day. I imagined a courtroom full of our family and friends rejoicing alongside us. But you know what? It was perfect. 
It was so perfect because the Lord was in that place. His presence was felt in every bit as real as it was over all the years that led us to that moment. It was the God of Jacob that carried us every step of the way. Ladies, I can't explain it. It was such a tangible presence that day. And I was reminded of the verse the Lord gave us all those years ago. Joshua 1.9, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can I tell you, he was there every step of the way. He was in the courtroom that day and every other court date. He was there when I sat in that church 19 years prior and the Holy Spirit started nudging my heart towards fostering for the very first time. He was there in the late night feedings when I cried out to him, uncertain what my baby's future held. He was there when I sang the words, you are chosen, not forsaken to their little faces. For all the highs and lows, there wasn't a day, there wasn't a second he wasn't there. And there wasn't a second he wasn't with my precious babies, too. You know, he knows every detail of their story. My baby spent 71 days in the NICU after they were born. And I hate that I wasn't a part of their lives. I wasn't there to hold them or rock them or tell them I love you. But God was there. These are his babies, and they have belonged to him long before I ever got to hold them. And he was there to rejoice over them with singing and quiet them with his love. So maybe today God is tugging on your heart. Maybe this even takes you by surprise. Listen, I know it's a lot to pray over. So can I just encourage you, if God is tugging on your heart, you will find him to be faithful every step of the way, and you will find him there every step of the way. His presence will go with you. So pray, pray today, seek him, read his word. I know that God will be faithful to speak to you. Ask him to show you what your part is, because I believe with all my heart, every one of us has a part to play. But that being said, your part might not look like my part. Remember, we are the body of Christ, different parts, different roles, all with the same purpose, to bring God glory. And when it comes to fostering, there are so many ways you can get involved. Here's just a few options. You could become a resource family, a foster parent. That's what I did. You can become an emergency shelter home, a safe home for the children to land when they first enter foster care. It's short term, typically less than a month. There's respite care, someone that watches a foster child for a short period of time so the family can get some, well, respite. It can be for a few hours, days, or weeks. This is such a great way to get started. Or become a CASA, a court-appointed special advocate that volunteers to mentor and advocate for a child in the foster care system. And for all these opportunities, it doesn't matter if you're married, singled, or divorced. You can be anywhere from 21 to 70 years old. You can own or rent a home. You can work outside of the home. But one thing you don't have to be, thankfully, is a perfect parent. You don't have to have all the answers. Just be available. And speaking of available, can I tell you how this church made themselves available for us? They were an army that came alongside us as the hands and feet of Jesus, meeting our tangible needs. And these are all things any of us can do. First of all, they prayed for us. We had a team of prayer warriors. We now lovingly refer to them as the virtue aunties. They were like Aaron and her supporting us. They checked on us. They sent us verses and cards. They were amazing. They threw us a baby shower. My goodness, the most amazing baby shower and provided us with everything our babies needed so we could focus on just loving them. They brought us meals. Oh my goodness, as we navigated new parenthood, we had ladies from the church bringing us so many meals, and I'm not sure food has ever tasted so good. They babysat. We had friends and family that underwent background checks so they could babysit our kids, just so the hubby and I could steal a few moments away. 
And then there were the friends and family that just showed up weekly to my door and rocked my babies. They had coffee in hand. They brought much-needed fellowship from me. They showed up on the hard days. They showed up on the good days. And they filled my house with joy. Studies have shown that for each foster parent, it takes five supporting families to come alongside and help them fulfill this call. I have to admit, I had more than my share, and it was such a blessing. And then there's opportunities our church gives us throughout the year, like bringing backpacks and school supplies and providing Christmas presents for these kids. I'm sure you've seen the video recaps. It's amazing the community that comes out for these events. There's really so many ways to get involved in foster care. Ladies, God really does write the best stories. I know some chapters we may want to skip over, but can I remind you? We can trust the one who writes our stories and is writing their stories. We can trust the one who holds our lives in his hands, and we can't judge the whole story by a single chapter. Maybe as I've been sharing this, the Holy Spirit has been tugging on your heart. Listen to these statistics. In California alone, our home state, there are roughly 60,000 kids in foster care. Put that into perspective, that's the Honda Center filled to capacity three times. And nearly 100 times a day, a child enters the foster care system. Again, that's just in California. And every one of these kids in foster care has a name and a story, and every one of their stories matter to God. What part is God calling you to do? Can I encourage you, seek Him. I know God will be faithful to speak to you. I spoke earlier of Joshua 3 and the crossing of the Jordan and how God's presence went with them. But you know what? I left out my favorite verse in that chapter. So the night before they were to cross, Joshua spoke these words, Consecrate yourselves, because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. This word consecrate means to make oneself ceremonially clean, to prepare, to get ready. If I could say one thing to someone getting ready to become a foster parent, I think I'd have to borrow these words from Joshua. Get ready, because the Lord will do wonders among you. Yep. It's messy and it's complicated, but you will see God's faithfulness and sovereignty unfold before you like never before. And with your eyes fixed on Him, His leading, His presence, you are going to see wonders and lives changed. Theirs and ours.